first thing was what's your target i said ma'am i have already wasted one year i don't want to waste my one year so she said okay but a generous time duration i said 3 months she said are you crazy you are not even permanent resident in canada Welcome to the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through real estate. We'll be discussing the most important lessons, or better known as the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance with new and experienced investors to help you get into real estate investing or scale up your portfolio. So make sure to tune in. What's going on, everybody? It's Ross Nadia, host of the Golden Nuggets podcast. Today, I'm joined by my special guest, Vardan Sagar from Ottawa. He's been in, he's been an investor for about one one and a half years, and what he did is what I encourage everyone to do when when getting started, and that is house hacking. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about you know how he got into the real estate investment journey. What were some of the obstacles he faced? Failures, success stories, and basically. What is house hacking and how that's actually helped him leverage and grow and how he's going to essentially get uh, to the next level in his uh, career. So without further ado, Vardan, please go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Ross. Thank you so much for having me over here. And uh, I will always say it like I am a software engineer by circumstances, but a real estate investor by choice. And that's it. How I started my journey, like I will say, three years back in Canada, I came to Canada as an immigrant. and when you are an immigrant you are having that mindset like you have to put down each and everything you have back there and you have to start new so i came in 2017 as a masters of computer science student and real estate was already a thing which was in my mind and i wanted to be a realtor and i have heard a lot of people like who work as a realtor and i thought okay let's go to canada and get your study loan out and then i will be a realtor for sure and that's how i come up over here and started my struggle as a student and eventually finished it but nothing i have done properly to be an investor during those two years the only thing i did was just saving the money as much as i can because i know if i have to do anything start a business or do something i need my own capital i need someone to bet on me so neither my parents going to do it because the last time they are going to bet on me is sending me for a good white collar job which i am not going to do mm-hmm. so the the remaining person who's going to bet on me is me so keep on saving because this rats race and each and everything which was going on like mm-hmm. i like it everyone likes the money everyone likes their pay stubs especially in the white collar software engineer you love the stuff a lot and a lot of perks and a lot of merits you get it the perks are good but that's not something like which bring me to canada software engineering is something i don't have to do i'm very much clear about it so even after doing two degrees and one masters degrees in it i i was now pretty much sure no no ways at all i am not going to die as a software engineer i saw an email and person like who is the owner of that so scott like he's a very big personality income property and all that stuff so i i saw some of his shows on netflix so i saw okay let's go I, at least i will have an autograph i went to that free show and heard about real estate house hacking so many terms in 3 hours and i was all stuck like where i was like i am 22 23 at that time i was right. 23 like i even heard even haven't heard about any of these things and that kind of surprised me and then as usual as these people they pitch and then they pitched 
okay, give us $1,000 and join our three-day seminars. And I was not ready to invest like $1,000 so easily on something. So I have my friend with me. So I said, okay, let's do split $500 and join their three-day, nine-hour each-day seminars. Okay. And those three days, honestly, I understood 2% of the seminar, but that changed my life. This is how like, I entered into real estate, but I still didn't start it investing because mm-hmm. their next pitch was, okay, pay $60,000, become our member, and then start doing the stuff. And I don't have $60,000. I just have $55,000, and I thought I'm going to invest it, not going to spend it again on some teaching. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I did a promise with me, no trips from now on. Wherever you're going to go in Canada, for your seminars, that's going to be your trip. Definitely, you're going to be having living in the best hotels. Enjoy over there, but that's your trips. So I've been very strict with me until now. Like I never go and travel in Canada. I always visit the places where the seminar is there, even if it's in British Columbia from here to here. That's a trip. Then I will go to BC. Yeah, just to touch up on that, I think you brought a really good point. So a couple of things that I got from this, and then that I feel like that really helped you your journey. One was you figured out, you know what? I need to figure out a way to save as much money as possible. So personal finance is a, is a huge component that a lot of folks don't unfortunately have the financial literacy. And I mean, we, we do and we don't, right? Because at, it, it comes down to what is it that you truly want, right? Like you were saying, like you're willing to sacrifice trips. You're a young guy. You, you would love to travel the world, right? We always think that, you know what? This is the age, right? <laughs> yeah. Before you settle down, you have family and so forth. But you were willing to make those sacrifices and good for you because, I mean, that allowed you to save, you know, the $55,000 that you mentioned so that you can't put that down towards something, right? So I love that. And I also love the fact that you still made a compromise with yourself. So you didn't say, you know what, I'm going to stay home and do nothing, but I'm going to travel and I'm going to combine that with, with the reason. So that is going to these trips, meeting these folks, networking, learning and leveraging. And then the second point that I, that I wanted to just make before we proceed further is I like that you touched upon the saying that, you know what, there's a lot of information out there and it is, there's so much free content. You don't necessarily always have to pay for these big ends, these conferences. The benefit from these events, I think is, is literally networking. I think it's the people you meet there, not really necessarily the content because the content you can get that free anywhere, right? It's just the people that you meet, the networks you build, the connections you make, I think that's when the ROI is, the return on your investment. Would you not agree? I totally agree. I totally agree. Like most of the people like who helped me in my business, who taught me a lot, I get to know about those people from networking events. One thing I realized, like if, I, if someone has to be a good software engineer, he needs to know basic programming languages. He right. needs to start from something basic, make a good form, strength at the base and then start building the buildings whatever you want to build so that's what i thought like let's learn the abc very well okay i need a coach and meanwhile let me network and know the stuff because you have to do coaching not at the start at least you should know most of the stuff and either when you have to scale and or either when you have to start those are the two best times when you have to do the coaching so i i kind of get an idea because I am a nine to five working job. So I need someone to give push to me in a right. very start. You can plan, you can dream the things, you can chalk out the stuff, but action is something if you're not doing it, you don't get that good sleep in the night when you're not doing the action, right? 
boom, you just said the word, man. That's what it is, action, right? You can sit down, read books, you can watch podcasts or listen to podcasts, whatever you want. But if you're not implementing or putting these things into practice, it's all sitting here and it's not being used, right? And that's that's the biggest hurdle that a lot of investors have, right? It's just that, uh, and I see this a lot. I mean, just like yourself, it took me a while also to get out of my comfort zone and to say, you know what? I think I know enough now to be able to action it because whenever you take on a new role, right? No matter what your background is, whether you did business, IT, don't you find that you learn majority of the stuff while doing the job, right? The, the, the school preps you, you have the fundamentals, of course, don't get me wrong, that's important, but you learn everything on the job. So real estate works basically the same way. You can yeah. sit there, you can learn all the knowledge you want, but then when you actually are implementing it, that's when you actually learn everything. Yeah, because your mindset kind of developed in exponential way. If I say reading the books, it goes in scare or cubic exponential. But when you do it, it goes in way exponential, like because you are facing issues and you are solving them. Then I started paying people, like let me work on your property on Saturdays and Sundays. So I used to pay people Mm -hmm. on their property to stay inside their property just to see how the houses looks like so that i can get to know like how from the base level the things are done so i i did with few of the contractors and in that time i get to know from the ground level like how to manage these people like where their profit margins are how to make the contacts like from where you are getting all your stuff like who are the suppliers who are the people right but still, that was another section. I get an information of how to manage people. And out of those all people, I only learned how to manage contractors. So I changed my mindset and I keep on messaging, sending messages to the people on Instagram. Like I am looking for a good mentor right now. I'm mm -hmm. ready to do work for you and all that stuff. So I find a very good lady in Ottawa Valley region. Like she has been doing wonders over here. She's kicking ass in the market right now, Rasna Arora. And I just send a text to her, ma'am, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I will do this. I will do this. Because I don't know what's the value of the time of the person is. Right. And she okay. was not into the coaching business too. And that was more lucrative because if I go to a coach directly, the coach will say, okay, come, because I'm bringing the money to the person. So at that time, she was not even a coach. So I was her first student. And it took me like two months to convince her, please teach me. So what changed? I know. So so I'll, one of the things you definitely did there was you, you're very persistent, which is very key, especially in sales, right? And and more importantly, in life. So I like that. You, you're constantly trying to add value. So what were some of the things that you kind of offered her that you would bring to the table? And what led ultimately to, to, to the decision of her to say, I'm going to go ahead and, and take you under my wing? Uh, actually, the thing was like uh, seeing me consistent from two months and not quitting on any of the things. So she said, okay, I will do the coaching for you and let's do it. So that made her like, the one thing she only said, even uh, the boyfriend, they don't go behind the girlfriends for this much time, they change the person. You haven't changed the person yet. You are every week messaging me just once. I know I don't have to trouble her. So every week I send a message, like this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing in real estate, help me out. Um, money is not an issue for me. I have saved this much capital and I'm right. ready to pay because I now find out like this person is in my market and that person going to help me. But she was not ready because she was so much busy doing like four or five deals a month. She do. So she kind of do 20, 25 deals a year. 
So she doesn't have a time for coaching. So I then realized she's the right person because she's implementing it. Right. She's not just a theoretical professor inside a university who doesn't know how actually the things are done in the university. It's better to get a coaching from a person who himself is kicking ass outside in the market rather than the person who has done his last deal three years back. For sure. For sure. The first thing was, what's your target? I said, ma'am, I already wasted one year. I don't want to waste my one year. So she said, okay, but a generous time duration. I said, three months. She said, are you crazy? You are not even permanent resident in Canada. You are buying a, you are thinking to buy a property. So what I will say is, meanwhile, you learn the stuff and maybe when you get PR, you can execute it. Okay. I didn't say anything to her because that's what she thinks. Because a person who is not PR, like he can't buy a property in Canada and like dream of doing this stuff in two and a half years when he just arrived over here. So I keep on thinking in my mind, no, 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 no. I don't want to be that student who don't go to a lab. Just keep on reading it and learning it. I have to execute it. So I started finding the way how a non-permanent resident can buy a property, doing the stuff. And at the same time, putting offers every day. Put, and I was not even sure when I put my first offer whether I will be able to buy the property or not. So <laughs> now I realize now when I'm preparing from my realtor courses, I know like how many checks you have to do. Like even I was not even allowed to buy a property and I put an offer at that time. Now when everything was happening and I was putting 10 offers, okay, one week for contractors interviews. All 20 people interview each of them for 15-15 minutes, put your Saturday Sunday on it. You get to know about most of the contractor things in those two days. Okay, next week, go and talk with mortgage brokers. Find five, six from good references as well as on Facebook groups. Go and talk with more of them. Then it's a networking. So you know their areas now. Now the things were connecting dots, even when I'm not sure I'm going to buy the property. I was putting offers, I was doing stuff. And the most important thing which needs to be done very early was finances. And I was not even thinking of it because I was learning. Now so, I was learning. So what would what would have happened in a situation where you put an offer and it got accepted? I mean, and you had you hadn't really looked into the financing. I mean, was that was that did that ever come across your mind to say, you know what, I'm I'm putting an offer for three hundred thousand and <laughs> and if Ross is the seller and he accepts this. How am I going to manage this? Or were you, what was the thought process there? Were you like, you know what, I'm going to figure it out no matter what? Or was it kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to test the market to see if this is going to stick or not? Like, what was your thought process? Then eventually when my skills were getting better and I was finding good and good realtors, yeah, they find me over there. Okay, man, bring your letter of approval. Okay. Then they gotcha. start finding who's your background history is. So I kind of realized, okay, they, these guys know what their business is. Uh-huh. Keep them for a while. And keep them in touch with them and be honest and in- integral. If they are bringing the property, be always integral in the business, never go with anyone. But I always kept the thought process in mind, go out and meet as many realtors as you can, because some will be new. They will be bringing more stuff. Some will right. be bringing jewels to you. Some will be bringing in someone going to do negotiate for you very well. Veterans, realtors, they do a lot of negotiation for you because they don't care for their insult or anything. Right. So, so, Eventually, I started finding, I find good people like you and they guided me. My coach guided me. She told me how to do the finances, how to use other people's money, how to go into your circle, what are JV agreements. Like, yeah. then everything now started making sense. Yeah, you got to know the fundamentals first. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. to know the fundamentals first and now I started enjoying the process. 
It okay. was hard. Nine o'clock, my office starts in Canada in Ottawa. Right. I got finished from there at six thirty. A drive of thirty minutes back to my place. R- two hours of cooking and getting the things done. I used to sit at eight thirty on my desk and used to work till two thirty in the night. Two thirty was seeing videos, seeing doing the homework of my coach. Sending all the emails to the realtors, sending the emails to the brokers, mortgage brokers, finding them, talking with my suppliers, asking all the questions. What is the price list of this? This is so that I can make my list of things because any day it's gonna happen. I need it. So I was right. not demotivated. Like why I am working on this stuff? Why would I need to know per square feet price of a flooring? What are the suppliers who's gonna give me like cheaper flooring? What does it cost paint a house? Like right. what are the good places to buy? So all this information were going parallelly. Each and everything I used to do on in those four or five hours, mm-hmm. and I told you like that sleep. Now I used to have a good sleep because I was doing action properly. Early I was not earlier. Everyone used to say prepare a rate list. I hear what needs to be there, but I never did it. But right. now I was doing because I was answerable to someone. First of all, I was answerable to my coaching fees because I, it was my hard-earned money. Right. I have paid right away to someone. Second thing was the lady was like preservative lady, like she like used to push me a lot. That much bigger personality she is. Like sometimes teacher needs to be very strict. So yeah. she was very strict, and I know like neither I can lie to her because it's my fault. It's my money. And other thing is I have to be. I don't have to let her down because I'm gonna be her first student in her circle. People gonna say, "Oh, you coached one guy. It's five months. He still didn't get a property." <laughs> I know. Within two and two months, I had a deal. I had the deal under contract. House was in the middle of the city, in one of the best places of the city, and everyone was negative in front of me. What was the seller's market? Just like you know your market, like it's very right. difficult. Meetings are going on and everything is going on. And the moment I started my coaching, Corona comes and everyone said, "Vardhan, you did the most biggest mistake of your life, giving money to someone. You also lost that money, but now you can buy the house because it's Corona and the market. Who knows what's going to happen?" Yeah, and I know. Like that's where after two months, I got the property inside the Ottawa main city, Ottawa. So. It is surrounded by three schools, two playgrounds nearby it, and it is closest to three most monumental places in Ottawa. So the property was listed at three sixty k. Okay. Single family semi detached house, and the property was listed less because the property was tenanted. And during the Corona time, the property was not getting sold because the tenants were there in it. So they have to reduce their price to three sixty k. So the market bill at that time was going near about four twenty ish. We did a put an offer, and uh, my numbers were working near about two eighty five. My agent, the very first agent, he laughed at me and he said, "So sorry, I'm not going to put that offer. Property is three sixty. You're putting two eighty five, and you know ARVs are four hundred ten, and that's right. where your choice of best investment oriented realtor comes when you realize, okay, your realtor is first time home buyer realtor." You just want to do easy peasy job. I, I'm sorry, marks my work. It's I won't say that's an easy peasy job, but dealing with an investor is more difficult for a realtor than a person who's going to make decision on emotions. Hundred percent, because you know your numbers. You have a specific criteria, and if it doesn't make sense, you're not afraid to walk away. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay, 
uh, I am honest. If you bring this property to me, if you are not putting my offer, I will go to someone else. So if you are right. not putting to me, I will be integral to you till the time you are serving me. If you are not doing the thing for which I hired you, I will not go with you. And I still kept my thing. I never signed any agreement with anyone, but I remain integral. Okay, if this person is bringing the property to me and if he is working with my numbers, there is no point. I will go to any other realtor. But I can't Absolutely. stick myself to one realtor, right? Then I started finding good realtors. And what I used to do is I used to make an Excel sheet where I was not able to put the offers. The people who rejected my offers, I keep them and see them. And after every 15 days, what I used to do is whosoever new realtors I find, because the old ones, they have stopped putting my offers. They said, no, we, we don't want to put, you are putting 100K down the price. I say, okay. You are the one who are going. I am not going. So now I have to go to some other person. I find a very good realtor and he's a very good realtor friend of mine. So he put an offer for that. There was a big cross on the contract. That much insult the seller's agent and seller has done to him. So they put a very big cross on that uh, seller's uh, contract. And I was very demoralized. Like, oh, that was an insult. And I should like, it's not working. My numbers are way lesser and whatever they promise in theory, it's not, not at all working. Right, right. Third offer, fourth offer. So the same property, it's happening, but it's not happening right away so that I seems to be desperate for it. Sixth offer after two and a half months, I again put that offer. So the person was still stuck at 360. He said, okay, 345. <laughs> I, my number was fixed. When he said 345, I said to my person, uh, 310. 310 gonna be my number. If he's okay, okay, I've already wasted a lot of my time on this uh -huh. one. I'm gonna cross the Dorchester out of my list. It's two and a half months now. So, Corona helped me. His property didn't went away because there were tenants and there were strict regulations. No one needs to come in. I have seen the property when everything was fine. So, 345, then he comes to 330, and then he maximum said, no more than 325 so i already brought the person 35000 below where the people were saying you can't bring the people negotiate the things in a seller's market and i know the property is 410 420 ish if if it's not that time when people don't want to meet the tenants so let me ask you something so this is an interesting point so how long was this property in the market for right because uh, as a realtor and as a, as a buyer and investor myself, so that's that's one of the criteria you look at is like you look at properties that's been in the market for a long time, right? So what 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 cheesy thing the uh, realtors do over here is they put the property for sixty days and then the date again changes, right? They take it off the market, yeah, and then they put it back on the market. But even then, right? So when you're looking at a property, if, if a deal comes on board, some people every realtor has a different strategy, right? They're ones that will put it below the market to raise a, a bidding war, essentially. There's ones that are pretty much spot on with their valuation because they want something to be closed quickly and they want to get the best offer. And hopefully they get a little bit over asking, right? They, they determine a good value based on the comp comparisons in the area. And then we have the last realtor, which is basically they, they don't do their homework and they don't understand the logics be behind why it should be valued at a certain uh, price. I feel like this is a similar situation because it sounds like because of the low rents, a lot of folks were were not you know proceeding with this property. Whereas you you saw an angle here. You're like, listen, no, here is my here here is my price. If if I could get it to this price, 
yeah. I can make this thing work and you consistent and persistent with it, which sounds like it definitely helped, right? Yeah. And then, then person, he said 325, I said, my thing is done though. I was very excited. Like I learned a lot about negotiation and that what I was doing on the phone, I called Rasna, my coach at that time. She right. said, stick to your numbers. You have all, you are already 8,000 something above your numbers, but that doesn't matter right now, but stick to that number and be as much rigid as you can. I said, okay. So then he said 320. I said 310. Then he said 318. Uh, then my realtor called me from his different number and he was the same person. He said, Bardhan, buy it. You don't get condos for 300K. Yeah. Right? And what, what do you expect from person? Then I, then I asked him because I want to know why this person is coming that much down. And then it's kind of smells me. Is there any issue in the property or exactly. any issue in the tenant? Because that's how it goes. So then I get to know from seller's agent, my agent talk, like the person is buying house in Vancouver. Oh, I see. So, so now his house is on the market from 60 days. So he is in more desperation to sell the house than me who is desperate to buy a house. Gotcha, gotcha. So you figured out what the seller motivation was. And that's, that's, that's very critical, especially when you're buying a property. Um, whether you're dealing with an agent, the agent needs to figure that out. Or if you're buying yourself, that's that's the way to do it. So I love that you you figured that out. So yeah, go on, please. How did that turn out? So then I said, okay, 318 vacant position. Done or not? I will buy the house. Condition's going to be vacant position. So he said, sir, it's Corona time. I said, do the closing three months after. I'm very good with that. Because I have to arrange money. I don't have money. So I have to take something. From here. <laughs> so longer the closing, it better it is. He said, right. can we do for two and a half months. I said, do it for four months. I have no issues with that because that's going to give me margin to do the stuff, prepare my things because I still haven't been good enough to do the project myself. So I need right. time duration in between to make the contacts and contractors and everything. So they agreed on 318 vacant position. Closing was two months after, which you usually don't get in the bidding right. market. Right, so see, right. everything aligned as per the plan when you has the desperation and strong will and desire and when you keep on asking for that thing one day you get it for so, sure so all the things which never happens in a seller's market have honestly believe me that kind of property after like once i completed and searching for my jv partners i haven't find a property like that still like <laughs> sounds like i was a home run right yeah <laughs> best part was my coach was from the same market so right. i had an extra edge over it like people can't fool you you already know like who are good people who are not good people who are the good brokers who are not the good brokers yeah she never gave me anything until unless i have completed my way of finding is it the right person or is it not the right person so that, that's that's awesome so let, let's let's touch upon a important thing that you you brought up so you said one of the obstacles for you getting started was that you, you didn't have your permanent residence, right? Your PR, right? So how were you able to then come, overcome that, right? Like, how did you figure out the finances? Was this, is this pr property that you're currently residing in that you're house hacking? Is it under your personal name? Yeah. But, uh, so did you, are you, or is it with a partner? And can you tell us how you're able to get the finances and stuff? Because we may have a lot of listeners here that are kind of in the same situation as yourself, where yeah. they also feel, you know what, that's a roadblock. And you figured out a way to eliminate that. So tell us how he did that. So like uh, usually people like 
they are not a, because no one buys a property like especially you see a lot of immigrants come from certain countries in canada but a lo- lot of lawyers whom i was working with they were never aware of this scenario like an immigrant is coming and buying an investment property just in one and a half years so everyone said you have to pay 25% taxes something like that because you are just buying a house the way the chinese and indians or asians they buy from outside the way they are buying the properties in british columbia my lawyer compared me with them right it's basically in other words yeah they're they're talking about foreign investors that are people that are investors. correct yeah so or else you do jv with someone else and i thought no i won't sell my project this is my first project i won't do jv like on the title with someone a person can be a money partner on it but i want to buy this property on my own because mm-hmm. my goal was to do house hack on it so i don't right. want to do house hack on someone else property then i went to different lawyers in brampton so that people who understand immigrants more they guided me show us your income tax returns if your income tax returns are this much more than that and you are paying this much taxes then most of the city part of the ontario you are not liable to pay 25% tax you are considered a resident right right so i used to work a lot do four five jobs during my college time so my salary was always above the average i have that much saving so then they calculated so, so there were certain areas and thank god i haven't invested on those areas where i can't buy it so eventually where i buy the property in ottawa i don't have to pay the 25% tax is just the normal taxes just on the basis of my 2 years income tax returns and the income tax return which i paid was not of a student and that helped me a lot in that scenario and all those books were legal like i used to work a lot of tas and teach teaching profession things in my university so the salary was way above and the hours were not counted otherwise okay. no one can make that much money in 2 years so see everything was planned i i accumulated a lot of money in comparison to the normal student so that showed in my income tax return okay this guy is paying from last two years i touched my inner circle a lot of people helped me they invested me they trusted on me seeing all these things like the people who were close to my inner circle right i always learned one thing always document your journey people they don't document their journey and they put their journey out when it's a success journey a lot of people says to me what if if you are not able to make any deal in one year people will laugh at you like you are doing this doing this thing and it's one year and you haven't done a deal i always used to document from a day one on instagram what i am doing yeah yeah no for sure for sure and that's the thing you you touch up another great point here um we really really focus a lot on success right because people who who do people idolize successful people right it is just a it's a human nature to look up to somebody who's successful but it's interesting because if you speak to every single successful people they always tell you i got i became successful through failure right you have to you learn things as you progress in life and that can involve a million you know failure stories to get you to that one success right and 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 i love that you're documenting it and you know what that's one of the things i'm trying to do as well because I have days, right? I have like a funny story. I would just tell you kind of what happened today. So I'm closing on two properties in Sarnia and uh I reached out to my more uh, to my insurance broker literally like 2 weeks ago and I'm like, "Listen, here here are their properties. They're coming to closing. Can you give me insurance?" He's like, "Yeah, absolutely, no problem, right? Send me the documents, fill out a questionnaire." And then he just disappeared for like a week. And I'm like, "Okay, what's going on? Like I'm getting closer to the date. I need I need to get my insurance to close." And 
he's not returning my calls. He's not returning my, my email. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just call the company. Maybe this guy is off or some, something that must have happened. And then fairly, that's exactly what happened. He had some family emergency and he took some time off. But what happened then was it left me in the dark because I had no idea this person was not available to me, right? Because now I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for these documents and for these insurance uh, slips to come my way, right? Because as you know, you need to have insurance so you can close the deal. So I have two days before closing and I'm scrapping and I'm calling these other brokerages and so forth. Eventually I found somebody who was able to get, uh, get me the insurance, but he gave me the quote and he's like, unfortunately, I sent it over to, to, to the insurance company. It's going to take at least a day or two for them to process. And my closing day was this Monday. Today's Tuesday. So I'm now sitting here panicking. I'm like, oh my God, like what's going to happen if I don't get an extension? So I speak to my lawyer and he's like, you know what? Let's try asking for an extension. So they were, the sellers were nice enough to say, you know what? We'll give you one extra day. But this morning I thought I was going to have the insurance. And guess what? I didn't have it till like 3.30. My lawyer kept calling me. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I'm getting calls. I'm getting emails from the other uh, you know, sellers saying, if you don't close today, they're going to relist it tomorrow. So I'm sitting here panicking. Don't tell me I'm going to lose this great deal that I've worked on for literally over the past two months over an insurance slip, right? Yeah. So I'm putting pressure on this guy. I'm like, listen, buddy, like if you don't get this to me by 3.30, I'm done. Like I, the, the deal is off the table and, and, and everything is gone. Everything I worked for is gone. So please get that, uh, you know, the binding documents to me at ASAP. And around 3.40, I'm not even kidding, 3.40, this guy sends me the email and you should have seen me. I'm just like, oh my God, thank God. So I, I forward over to my, my lawyer. He gets it. He goes to the bank, gives a deposit and it's all done, man. But like that, that adrenaline rush, that, that stress, you know, you don't see that behind the scenes, right? Because you don't know. You think, oh, it's easy. I'm going to get this. Everything's going to work out. Hopefully it does. But then sometimes there's these crazy things that come in the way and then obstacles happen. And if you don't document it, you don't talk about it, or you don't show that to people, it, it sets out unrealistic expectations. Yeah, I really like your point because these things happen. And honestly, an investor only becomes an investor when he's facing these things. Right. That's that that that's that's how like when one of now many of my friends they are doing this stuff. I always say welcome to this side because <laughs> you are not an investor when you are meeting investors. You are not investor when you are learning from investors. You are not investor if you are. A self-employed person in a real estate market, right, right, right. Investor, when you are facing the things yourself, because that that part of the mindset it still needs to be changed when you yourself are doing it. Certain mindset change: reading books, reading motivation, reading, meeting new people. But that mindset of facing the problems and coming out of it, that mindset only action brings it. So you are finally an investor when you do it. And the sure. remaining part of the investor that is left is when you scale your things. So yeah. That's how I divide investor levels. So once you do it, then scale it. Then yeah. it completely defines you investor. And you got to learn from your lessons, right? You got to learn from your mistakes. So what did I learn today? I'm just like, listen, the moment that I get the documents, the purchase agreement signed is the moment I'm going to reach out to my insurance agent. Like right away. Right away. I, I, I gave him two weeks and two weeks even wasn't enough, right? Okay. My closing, I had 25 days so I can close for, because of, you know, like I, um, I closed or I got, I guess I got my uh, agreement signed and uh, it was around Christmas time. So, you know, the holidays and everything. So we decided, you know what, we need to get at least till end of January to give us enough time, right. To get a appraiser there, 
to get the documents, get the lawyers involved. Everybody's off, right? It's, it's, it's totally understandable. So I'm glad we pushed A, the closing date, give yourself a little bit of buff room. But then secondly, now I know, oh man, insurance is not a joke either. You have to make sure that you get the people on, on board and follow through, right? Because again, it's not, it's not the individual's mistake. It's, I don't even blame my, my, my insurance broker. I blame myself because I should have done a better job of following up if, when I didn't hear back from the person in the, in the past three days to be like, hey, what's going on? What's the recent update, right? That should have clicked in my head to be like, oh, what if he's not available? What if he's not available? And I honestly, like, I never learned this thing when to call insurance broker. One of the investors, like when I was in earlier days, he said, whenever you're going to close one month before you have to make call to finalize, I'm going to do the quote with this person. And then 15 days before the close, you have to tell them I need the document six days before. So those three calls you have to make and see, like, sometimes you just talk with a person and you realize your insurance process should be this 30 days, 15 days, seven days before Six, four or five days you should have a quote for that particular day ready like exactly I the quote for that day another trouble that comes was uh, the renovations were for one and a half months i've jotted down my numbers properly interviewed every contractors find best in the market right now and suddenly the corona which helped me to buy a property delayed my project impacted my numbers at that yeah. time because we were not getting the supplies if i if i am planning to have an ikea kitchen and right away, like the things which I can do it in $2,000, $3,000, I'm going out and I'm getting that in $6,000 now. Right, right, right. Doubling my numbers and in each and every aspect. So th- that where again, like bring me up in responsibilities a lot. I took up my car. I don't have a truck. I went to Toronto, find some of the stuff in the kitchen over there, went to the IKEA in Montreal. That's something my contractor won't do because that's not his money aligned up over here. For sure, for sure. So I, I find out wherever in the IKEA in the Ontario I can go and specifically I can go to Montreal and Toronto. I have my friends <laughs> over there. I told them buy the stuff. That's the last stock left. Buy it for me. I will give you the money. Just buy the stuff. Went to Montreal. Pick the stuff. Make sure like the project which was need to be done in one and a half months complete in two months because the place where i was living i already gave a notice over there and the tenants who were coming they have also given notice on my thing yes it's gonna be ready because i have some good property manager friends and Mm -hmm. good people i know over here like i have showed them that's how it's gonna be like the prop it was already tenanted one and a half months it was a big pressure on me like i have to go and keep these people somewhere else yeah and it's and and i am doing my first project and there is no place to live for these tenants how it's gonna happen or right. increase your budget near about ten fifteen thousand dollars and if i do that i i i should do that if there is no other way but me being new into this i can put as many sweat equity i can so i put my saturday sundays evenings to all those things get the things from supplier ready for the contractor next day Absolutely, absolutely. So l- let's talk a little bit about the numbers. So, so you bought this property for you said for three eighteen. Let's talk about the the rents. How much rents are you getting for this? And you said it was a semi. So, how many bedrooms and what are the rents? If you don't mind breaking it down, there are four bedrooms. Each bedroom is six fifty dollars. So six fifty. So is this is this a student housing or is it a like a, a, a family um, property? Like it's it's not the students like. Uh, it's a big software uh, industry here in Ottawa, in Canada. So all right. the like, IT professionals were working over there. 
so i rented uh, the rooms to professionals it people like who are bachelors okay so most of the time they stay out of their house they come at five or six and they have to do their work and they have proper social circle rather than the students who destroy your property in some way sometime in the future yeah yeah and, and the interesting part is so so you have four bedrooms what is your living situation you said you were house hacking so yeah so uh, yeah i'm living in one of them and the other three i have rented it your monthly rent that you're getting your gross rent is about a 1950 and it's all inclusive right yeah the my mortgage is $1000 okay so let, let's talk about uh, the taxes how much taxes are you paying for this property what are the taxes the taxes i'm paying is like $2200 2200 what are you estimating the uh, electricity uh, to be per month the average mm-hmm. for hydro it comes out to be 70 so 70 a month it'll be about 840 a year sounds like and then how much is for water what are you what are you estimating the water to be since you are going to be paying for it water comes like uh, near about uh, once a three month or a four month so the bill has been never been more than 100 okay so you're paying that quarterly so in that case it's only about 400 a year wow the the water bill is pretty good, cheap there that's yeah. good and what about natural gas are you using gas at all uh no it's electrical everything is electric okay and then what's the insurance on that property insurance is uh, $98 so 98 a month we're looking at so let's just say $1200 just roughly around it again wow insurance is pretty cheap in Ottawa sounds like do you calculate uh you know capex you know for those big expenditures or anything on the management side yeah, so like right now like uh, i renovated the property so honestly like seeing the things that it doesn't need anything in the next 3 4 years so okay. still i consider like $100 per month is maintenance Okay, that's good. Yeah, so you still you still budgeting for at least 100 a month. And uh okay, perfect. So that's let's just say 1200 a year uh for capex here. And what about vacancy? Are you including vacancy at all in your in your numbers? Yeah, I include vacancy of $100 like 1%, 2%, so people mm-hmm. either make it 50, someone makes it $100, but yeah, you can include vacancy $100. Okay, so about twelve hundred a year. Okay, perfect. And I also usually like to put at least about five hundred dollars just for miscellaneous, right? Um, again, the benefit of this is since you live in there yourself, you are basically are in charge of the maintenance. So you're going to be doing the snow removal, uh, you know, uh, landscaping and whatnot, right? Yeah. Perfect. And then you said how much did you put twenty percent down on this property? Yeah, I put twenty percent down. Okay, okay. And then your your mortgage rate is what around you said about it's about uh, $1000 a month? Yeah. It it comes out to be $1000 something. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so based on that, it looks like you you uh, again, my numbers may be a little bit different than yours, but uh generally speaking, it looks like you're cash flowing up over 350. Is that is that about right? Yeah. Perfect. So you you I you haven't put- included my rent right now. Like if I like if I consider like I haven't put my rent like I just put the rent for 3 months, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's one that's that's what I was going to say. So at this at this point at 353, you're basically living for free, which is awesome. You're you have no living costs essentially. You eliminate that portion of it. And on top of it, you're still making about $350 a month from the property that you you put your money in. So that's that's awesome. Um and then what what today if if you were to list this in the market, I, did you refinance this yet or no? I I just like uh, one week back was done with the refinancing and appraisal stuff and everything. So what what is this going for in the market? What do you think is what do you expect in the after repair value to be or current market? So, uh, the value it comes out to be 420. About 420? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. So then at 420, you'll be, you'll be able to pull out all your investment money, right? How much did you, did you uh, uh, spend on renovations? I, I put near about like 25-ish on renovation. So you basically spent about 343000 looks like, everything included? Yeah. Awesome. It's 343. And if we do a 420 finance, refinance at 80%, we're looking at 336,000 that you're going to be able to get, pull out or, or receive. So 336. So basically you're going to have only about $7,000 in this deal. Yeah. And, and, and that is something like, and I haven't added. So, so I learned my mistakes. I learned two mistakes in this thing. I sure. should have added one extra room, like in the basement which I okay. didn't need it for this property. Right. Still, uh, there is no lot of money left in the property. If I would have an, another room into it, like I could have appraised it way better because of more rooms. I didn't did that thing, right? right. And a little bit I realized uh, the home doesn't need this paint because when the property got sold, it was already painted. So I painted right. it because of my some emotional things then i realized because still i was going to live into it so i think did some of the emotional decisions but now i realized it like these are the things which are not at all considered in refinance so i realized yeah. it like the only thing is curb appeal your kitchen bathroom you make sure everything looks fine everything is neat and clean and i don't think a lot of things they even take into consideration the person come i have my appraisal experience it took right. 5 minutes to be in the property he just took five minutes round and realized he didn't even see. I bought uh, like these new appliances. Nothing he has seen it. He just did, 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 did this. <laughs> you, you know what? That, I love that you brought that up because that's that's a common misconception, right? Because you when you renovate, and again, you are learning this now, is you have to do strategically, right? Things that will bring up the value. So the appraiser that comes into the to the, to the room, he doesn't care if you're, the the paint on your wall is pink or orange or white it makes zero difference right what the other big factor that they look into is, is the comparables in the area and i've seen that firsthand and you you could have the most beautiful house you could have marble floors i mean obviously it adds a little bit of value but again if it's, they're not going to be able to give uh, your property a $800,000 value when the next door pretty much the same square footage is going for 400,000 you see what i mean and that's a common problem because think of it this way. Everybody thinks that their, their, their daughter and son is the best daughter or son in the world or they're the most beautiful person in the world. Yeah. But other people don't, people don't see that, right? <laughs> it's a human nature. We always think that we have the best of the best in everything, whether it's a car, the house. But then you have to understand it's not under your hands who's going to be evaluating that. So you have to pick the strategic areas that will actually bring those value up. But even then... Even then, I know you, you've kind of like our learning, which is fantastic. Again, we grow as we learn. Yeah. You basically are still getting, based on the numbers that just crunched here, you're getting a return of about 33% a year, which is phenomenal. Yeah. We're putting down $7,000. You're getting a 33% in basically return on it. What other medium in the world will give you that kind of return? You tell me. Believe me, like that was the very first day when I say this is what's going to define my name. The leverage which real estate give you that no one gives you. I don't say cash is king, cash flow is king. Okay, I can invest my money somewhere else. It's going to give me that cash flow even without doing the work. Right. The leverage which real estate gives that no one else gives. So that is the power. Like, And, and I, I, I tell like people in the layman language, you buy at 318, it's 420. 
tell me where it does like this 318 420 <laughs> and 420 is the value by bank if i am going to go out staged it properly uh-huh. and bring emotional feeling into this place yeah it's because most of the comparables were 455 plus i was going to say you easily can jump that up to 450 or more right depending on the situation and again there's so many things you can do the way the way you market it the way you you present it stage it you can go over asking very very easily especially in this crazy hot market so yeah and speaking of leverage right to your point the banks will never give you money to go invest in a stock market but they will give you money to invest in real estate and why is that some people may not understand this is because real estate is very safe in the eyes of the banks right there's a reason why for investment properties they ask you to put down 20%. The reason for that is because they want to make sure that they're protected. So if a house that's worth, you know, 400,000, you put it 20% down, if the market crashes and goes down 20%, they still make their money. They're still safe. Right? So it's the safest bet that they can make, and that's why they're okay with leveraging. And another another thing I was going to mention to you also is is that the your DCR rates right which which is your debt coverage ratio so as long as you can show banks that you know what i can double my mortgage for my rents yeah that's what they're going to do they're going to give you more money and you're going to go and buy more real estate again no other avenue will give you this kind of like leverage it's unbelievable it's what next year your house is going to go even more up and you just what are you doing you're not burning your money renting you're living there for free you're making money on top of it on a monthly basis your house at the very minimum is appreciating 3 to 4% a year and guess what you're building equity that's yeah. another beautiful part of this whole process and then you'll be able to leverage this money and go buy additional properties which is phenomenal and i what what's next for you um in terms of so far you've you've tackled as you you're doing bur projects so are you still looking into uh, student housing or are you looking at you know multifamily uh what is it what is it that you're looking for so my my niche is always buying uh, single family homes and plant a mango tree today because i don't see my retirement in next 10 years because i want to work i don't want to retire so early so i think just planting the mango trees right now right and then after 10 years i have that much equity in them i don't have to work so i always want to work in a single family it, it doesn't mean like i recently i was going through a, a fourplex in cornwall with one of my investor friend it doesn't mean but my major niche is going to be single family houses right. and a little bit extra pepper into it and that's going to be either make a single family house the way i did it without putting a lot of money into it because you make money when you buy you never make money doing proper renovations or selling it bingo bingo on buy so i make money on buy uh, after that that was just a role i have to play i did that i make that money on that negotiation so either do that make it a rental unit give it to the families put it under your corporation and keep on increasing that awesome awesome so you're active you're active in the market so you're looking at uh, mls are you looking also at off market deal and is, is and is there a specific area or that you're focusing on and if if so why what are what are the market fundamentals you're after right now like for these sdus and all i still want to be in the city or anything 20 minute uh, 20 minutes away from the city ottawa going to be next gta next 3 4 years so people can't buy houses inside ottawa so right. there are so many smaller towns which are 30 30 minutes away from ottawa where the housing prices is 100k 50k 80k lesser lesser bidding boards 
for me it always work now go out that places where people will live in next three four years because they can't live here right right, right. it's like 2500 plus utilities get a house yeah so people will love to travel 30 minutes and rent a place for two thousand dollars plus utilities and save that 500 bucks Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's always an urban sprawl. That's what happens, right? You start off in a major city like Toronto and then it just, it just, yeah, it, Ottawa is, is definitely up and coming there. It's what I, what I like about, again, my, from my market uh, analysis that, and fundamentals that I know is the big sector there is the government, right? So people, yes, I was going to say IT is the next thing up there, but there's a ton of jobs, right? People go where their jobs are. Why do you think Toronto got so hot? Because a lot of the jobs are here, right? And then it started moving to Mississauga and then a lot of businesses came to the Brampton and so forth. So it started expanding. And then that's what's going to happen eventually in other areas. People go where the jobs are. And that's a given, right? Another market that I was looking at also in that area that I was interested was was Cornwall. Cornwall is kind of like a hidden gem. However, um, I've I've been speaking to some of the realtors in their area and they have seen some crazy like increases in pricing that there is uh, 20% in auto and 10% rise in Cornwall for single family houses in 2020. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And and the funny part was he's like, listen, like, and I, and I, I love working people that are honest, right? So this realtor that I'm working with there uh, to get some information. I mean, I'm a realtor here in the GTA, but I don't know the markets there, right? So you want to make sure you put your money where it belongs and you want to get pay for expertise. And that's what I'm willing to do any day, right? So what he told me is, listen, if I were you, I would not invest right now. And this was probably about eight months ago when I spoke to this gentleman. And he's like, the reason being is because people are just buying for sake of buying and they're just inflating the market where the numbers don't make sense. And he laughed. He's like, I'm telling you this as a realtor because my commission is on the line, but I'd rather have you be, you know, a good client and who's happy than try to just, you know, run you over by paying and making you pay for a, something that's not worth it. At the same token, I really appreciate that he was honest and he was willing to work with me because he valued my relationship more than money. And that's the kind of people you want to work with because he's not there to just make his quick buck and, and move. He's thinking long-term. He's like, listen, this guy is going to come in potentially going to buy one, two, three, four in the long run versus just the one if I uh, over deliver, right? And that's the key. You're going to be become a realtor. And that's, that's number one thing. We always have to look out for our clients as if they're, the, the money is ours. And then that's how you can leverage and help somebody out. If, if so, for somebody starting out, what would be three books that you can recommend uh, somebody who wants to learn a little bit more, whether they're new or they want to scale up their, their, you know, their, their business or portfolio? Honestly, there are a lot of books, but like I will honestly tell one book that is Money People Deal. That is pure real estate book. If you are missing a coach in your life, if you are missing any person in your life, you won't. So read that book. That book going to be your companion in real estate. And uh, the book I still have right now is uh real estate joint ventures let me show you the book the book was just in front of me and this is yeah. very old book this is like 30 35 40 years back book like how to make joint ventures in real estate i think that that's by don kimball yeah 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 awesome no those, those are some really really uh, good books for for individuals that are looking into learning about real estate and uh, the third book like uh, i won't mark it as real estate because there's going to be a lot of book uh, the power of your subconscious 
Yeah, it doesn't always have to be real estate because again, it comes with more than thing, more than one thing. It's not just about real estate. Again, a big chunk of anything in life is mindset. So if you don't have the mindset right, nothing else will fall in place. So those are those are awesome recommendations. Uh, and then yeah, let, let's. I know you said you're not really too big on on I guess uh, traveling right now, right? But if if you were to travel anywhere on the world today, given it's COVID, if we could. Where would it be and why? Canada is the place where I want to properly like move around because yeah. I've been only to the bigger cities because that's where the conferences happen, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Canada is beautiful. I've kind of seen uh, both east end and west end of Canada, and uh, for somebody who's 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 starting out, I, w- I recommend start with the east because when you go to west, you're blown. Your your mind is completely blown. You 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 look up and you're like, this is Canada, like. Alberta is just phenomenal. It's so beautiful. And Bad. I couldn't believe it. You're literally in heaven. It's I've been I've traveled a lot and I'm telling you, I still haven't been to a place more majestic and more beautiful than Lake Louis. In Banff, it was just so beautiful. Like I could not believe that there's a glacier, a mountain, and there's a little water here, right here in front of you. It's just so beautiful. Like it's just mesmerizing. So highly recommend you check that out if you haven't been there already. Definitely, I will. I will. I will go over there. I've never been to Melbourne. And yeah, I mean, for for folks that want to connect with you, Verdun, uh, what will be the best way to, to reach out to you? I, I keep it very simple. Like I have no different accounts. I, I I always believe people never always want to hear about real estate, right? So I always make sure you just search my name. That's the only way you can find me. Awesome. Yeah. So the, I'll definitely have your 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 links there. I know you are uh, you have an account on Instagram, and I believe you have one on Facebook. So. I'll put those in the show notes so for anybody interested in speaking to you or connecting with you. Really grateful and I'm grateful to the gods above. Like we met on social network and I get to know your goals. Your, uh, even you're working not on your real estate. I see like you're working on your physical things. You're doing exercises regularly. That's right. And you don't know you whom you are inspiring it. You inspired me like when I was seeing you doing it. So you inspired a lot. So that's that's what like you are bringing change into someone's life so if you are doing it you are doing a very marvelous job so i really appreciate it especially it's very hard to put a content out there you are putting content out there i know i'm putting content out there how much effort it needs how much time it needs lot of hours are there then you have to yourself be skilled in those things and then you put the things out absolutely yeah thank you so much for joining us again and uh yeah for for folks that uh, want to connect again please feel free to reach out uh, to Verdon and I, if you have any questions, by all means, we're always here to help. And that's what this whole uh, podcast and everything is about, to help each other grow and trying to make real estate as simplified as possible. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you were able to get some great golden nuggets out of it. The kindest thing that you can do is share this podcast across all social media to help as many people as possible. If you like this podcast or have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or YouTube. I'll have those links in the show notes for you to contact me. I love bouncing ideas, people, and I love talking real estate. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Remember, financial freedom is just a few properties away. Thank you.